Hi, I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And we, we watch, watch anything. anything. Between us, we've watched three movies. We've got one movie each that's ours, our very own. Yes. And one that we've watched together. Well, we weren't in the same room, so we don't know what each other thought of that film. But we both, so we, we, all right, look, between us, we've watched three films. We chose one that we had to, to just watch ourselves, and then we watched one that we agreed we'd both watch. Yes. Yes. What was, what was your yeah. movie? What did you watch? My movie was The Beast of the Bering Sea. Right. Right, it's about treasure hunting dredges. There's this family of dredges. Right. And they, they go about in this bit of the Bering Sea, and they dredge for gold, okay? They're a family of dredges. There's a mother... A mother? There is no mother. There's a father and his children. And anyway, that's what they do. They dredge, what? they hunt for gold. What sort of variety of children? There's a brother and sister. Okay. So when well, I say children, they're his kids, but they're adults. What am I talking about? There are no kids in this. There's, there's an adult, it's a fully grown family right. <laughs> of dredges. Excellent. And they've got a diver guy on their boat. And, and then basically right at the beginning of the film, they get this shiny new deckhand played by... Brandon Beamer, who I'll tell you more about later. But anyway, they go out right near the beginning of the film. They go out and they've got a diver on the ship who's just, you know, incidental character. He gets killed straight away by this kind of mysterious thing that you don't really see, but sure. they're a bit scared and they, they run away. I say run away, they ship away. Whatever you do in water, they do that away from the beast. I don't know what you're doing. You don't drive. Well, you do. You sail just, away? Yeah, well, they, yeah, but it's not, it's not a sailboat, so they boat away. <laughs> They motor away. They motor away. They go away. Sure. Um, <laughs> leave. And, um, leave. How yeah. about leave? So they've lost a crew member. Sure. But in their wisdom, they, they don't tell the cops or policemen um, yes. because there's this vital land lease auction coming up or something to do with, which basically means... so. so oh, where, where the fuck are they? So, they've, they, so, right, they were out on the sea. They lost a man. They've come yeah. back. They're arguing about whether they should go to the cops but they don't go to the cops to tell them about their missing colleague because of this vital land lease auction. Okay, so they go to this land lease auction. Okay. And the reason they're going there is because they've got to sort of bid for the rights to dredge certain bits of the sea for gold. It doesn't sound very interesting, and it's not very interesting. So they they go, basically what happens is they go to this auction, they don't manage to get the, the rights to dredge that bit of sea. So, because they're going to lose the rights to dredge that bit of sea, they go back out to the bit of sea where they've lost their man. <laughs> to do and dredge that bit to of sea. To go and dredge that bit of sea before they lose the rights to dredge the bit of sea. Can I? Are you getting this? No, not really. And do, then, do they want to dredge something? Yeah, they dredge the sea. That's all they're about, dude. With just the same bit of sea over well, just, and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, over and over again. For gold. Is it quite near the land or is it quite in the sea? Dude, I, I didn't notice. I just noticed that there were some bits when they were on land and some bits when they were on sea. Is it the Bering Sea? It is the Bering Sea. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so just, but, the, but then this is the vital bit. Okay, I've right. nearly finished with the plot synopsis because I'm not going to go into too much detail because sure. it's not worth it. But then basically they go back to where they lost their diver guy and once again they get attacked. And this time it's the father that gets sort of attacked he doesn't die straight away so they they so they go back to this bit of the sea and it turns out that they sort of up, upset a nest of these nasty beasties you still don't really see them properly then the father gets attacked and they go they rush away because he's injured they go back on land they're in a car and there's this kind of 
there's this death sequence where the father dies by basically having a sort of a thing coming out of his chest. A bit alieny. It, it's very alieny. Does he get does he get attacked on the boat then? Do these yeah, things? He's cl- on the boat. The he boat. somehow survives the attack of whatever it is. You never really see it very clearly. It's all quite confusing. Yeah, but basically. It's but is he just sort of, sort of poodling around the boat and something like that? Yeah, it... something like that. Okay. I mean, this, if I sound a bit vague, it's because I was a little bit vague. I used to have difficulty following the action sequences in Top Gun. I had a lot of difficulty <laughs> following the action sequences in Beast of the Bering Sea because it was very dark. Okay. Anyway, around this time, you, know, you meet the fourth major character. So just a, so, so the father's dead. So for the rest of the film, you've basically got the brother and sister, yep. this shiny new deckhand, yeah, who who goes with them, and then the fourth character is a sort of marine biologist, naturalist, played by an actress called Jacqueline Fleming, and she's been researching cases of bodies turning up drained of blood, and it turns out basically there were these legendary local tales of sea vampires. So she's right. basically she's a bit like the Richard Dreyfus character in Jaws, as in you know he's the but for sea vampires, but for sea vampires. So she talks about them in. You know, in that they're a miracle of evolution, they're only defending themselves kind of way. A bit like the robot in, in Aliens as well. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. perfect specimen. She's you know, a battle exposition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, what happens with the, with the chesty bursty thing? Oh, well, well, that's what, by this point, basically, it's, it's a little baby sea vampire that's in their SUV. I don't know what an SUV is, but it's what they're driving. Is it's it, a sports what, utility vehicle. Is it? Okay, yes. well, it's, I've got it, one. I'm a dick. It's in their sports utility vehicle, and somehow they managed to um, get it inside a box and transport it to this marine biologist oh, okay. sort of experimental zone. Anyway, so for the rest of the... Fi- oh, I should say there is a subplot. So this is the main thrust of the film. Right. There are sea vampires. They're attacking this town because they're annoyed that they've been upset out of their what's it. They by found, the dredgers. Yeah, by the dredgers. <laughs> so the dredgers uh, want to stop them with this, the help of this marine biologist. But there's also this rather sort of um, not very good subplot with a sort of bad guy, sort of enemy enemy dredger, who mm. also turns out to be a sort of drug dealer. Is that the person well? who got the contract to dredge the yes. thing up? Yes, and it, tur- and it turns out that he's, there's all this subplot involving the sun and it's, who sort of like betrays them. There's double dealing stuff. This going sounds on. awesome. It's really good. Anyway, they um, he, he he the four of them team up. They have this uneasy alliance with the weird dredger guy. There are some action sequences when they sort of all come together to fight the the sea vampires, as they're called. Yeah, and there's a series of like yeah, just they get quite repetitive. You see them kill people and they suck them dry, kind of like that. Um, did, was the sound effect good? That was nice. Um, like, it's a shame I can you can't convey the way your shoulders went. <laughs> um, so I mean, that's basically it. Then they make they make the rest of the film. They kind of battle it, and they find out that the sea vampires have a weakness. They don't like UV light. So there's an right. element of you know like actual vampirism, you know, from films that you know because they they suck the victims dry blood, and they don't like UV light. So during the daytime, they're fucked then. Yeah, so most of the sequences happen at night. Right. But it's, right, so, I mean, I'm going to get to my, my sort of review now, if you don't mind. In the, no, no, right, go, go crazy. When, I, when, when, I first, when we first decided to do this, you yeah. know, we, we decided, right, we're going to each take a film, and you suggested, you know, oh, let's do Snakehead Swab 
or Beast of the Bering Sea. I wanted Beast of the Bering Sea. I pretended I didn't mind, but I really <laughs> did want it because I just thought I liked the sound of it because it sort of had a, almost a, a sort of old fashioned, yeah, proper B movie title. It, it, yeah, it, it yeah. had a fifties vibe. It sort of reminded me of. Um, not really B movie, obviously, but it reminded. It almost felt like something like Powell and Pressburger might have made after they made the Battle of the River Plate. You know, the Beast of the Bering Sea. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, had, yeah, but then I found vibe. out that in some territories it's known as the the Bering Sea Beast, and then in a lot of places it's got this sort of subtitle on the posters, which is like it, it's um damn sea vampires. Um, that's awesome, called, though. Anything I called know, Damn Sea Vampires is amazing. I know, I know Damn Sim, Sea Vampires would be a better title. But that's the thing. I wonder if the marketeers thought there's been too much, you know, Sharknado, yeah, yeah. Mega Octopussy type um, titles. Mega yeah. Octopussy. Um, and so decided, let's let's go for a bit of old-fashioned. But how it, whatever the uh, truth behind it, whether a parody or a straight <coughs> B-movie, it just isn't very good. But there is fun to be sort of found along the way, but you have to you have to be quite so patient. Do they essentially know that they're making? Uh, does is it made in that sort of like slightly tongue in cheek Sharknado way, or is it made full on seriously? No, that's the thing. It's just made. It's made quite seriously and mm-hmm. earnestly in places that it, it's not a it's not a sort of um, comedy horror thing. Um, it's just a shit horror. Yeah. Because, because that's like a horror. It's I because like one line I kind of came. I was just going to say, oh, it's a horror comedy that isn't funny or scary, but it's not that because it's not really going for horror horror comedy at all. It, I mean, it it plays the whole thing fairly straight. It's quite earnest, and like there's in theory like bits which could you know could be humorous, but in practice aren't. Like um, like they realise the creatures uh, don't like UV light, yeah. And so there's various like rigging up of like weird, you know, quite duct tapey, you know, like weapons. Yeah, yeah. And there's this bit when they, they because there's this drug lord element, they end up using like grow lights from marijuana plants. Okay. Um, I sound like my mum when I say marijuana. 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 But um, but like grow lights, you know that, and that sounds like something like if you. That sounds funny, doesn't it? That sounds like horror comedy stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not funny. Almost it's like an arachnophobia. Could be like an arachnophobia vibe in a weird way. Yeah, or you could imagine something like yeah, it just but it's just not it's just not funny at all. Oh, um, and the right. So I suppose I mean as well with something like this, um, you kind of want the monsters to be kind of you don't. It doesn't matter if they're bad because they can still be funny. But yeah, the monsters really are terrible. I mean, and yeah, like I say, you go. How long into before it, you see one? Oh, pretty pretty quick. Um, and you see them more and more, and they're sort of a mixture of computer-generated and bad models. I mean, in ways, the chest explosion, death of the father, in the from memory, I think it's in the car that it happens. Yeah, is in ways the best bit effects-wise. I mean, like there are bits where you see a wire holding a monster, but you know, again, you know, you, I, I don't mind watching a film with some bad effects, um, because it's a B movie. You expect slightly rubbish monsters. Yeah, um, and and it's but. <laughs> it's it, it's so like I, I think bad effects on their own aren't a problem, but it is a problem when there's a lack of interesting character, a lack of any dramatic tension. Then the monsters being so bad become. I mean, it looked like a kind of they look like sort of these weird sort of flying oily flannels with like a snake's face. I mean, it looks like a kind of bin bag with a snake's <laughs> face poking through it, and it's just like um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just really not good monsters. Not good at all. No. And the only character I like um, in it, in the whole thing, sort of dies 
sort of towards the end, and it's just so you've just got about a quarter of the film that just sort of flaps in your face like old skin, and it just goes on for ages and ages with these endlessly repetitive oh. sequences. So I didn't want. I wanted to go in it to find loads of fun, and there are basically I found three areas of fun. The first is that, right, Brandon Beamer is the guy. Is he's the de- the shiny Beamer. new deckhand? Brandon Beamer in, and he's like, um, he's. Yeah, he's a soap direct, uh, soap actor. Yeah. He's apparently been in Days of Our Lives and The Bold and the Beautiful. I've never watched either of those. No, I would have absolutely but, no idea. But like, you know, he's quite a good looking dude in a definitely soapy kind of way. Yeah. But um, there's, it's just, <laughs> there's just a lot of action with him going, go, 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 go. And it just gets really quite annoying, especially as one of the major characters is called Joe. So there's this kind of, hey, Joe, go, Joe, go, go, Joe. And all this kind of endless repeating of the word go and he says nice a lot which becomes really quite annoying there's also the other my favorite bit in the whole thing is in the first five minutes and it's worth watching just for this because when brendan beamer or brandon beamer whatever it is first come first turns up at the dredging vessel yeah to to sort of say hey i want to be a deckhand there's the the moody sister or daughter is there sort of like working and she's a bit sort of like being a bit cold towards him because she's a tough dredging person and um She's played by, sorry, her, her name is Casey Skerbo or Serbo. I don't know how you pronounce it. S-C-E-R-B-O. And she's been in Sharknado Sherbo, and Sharknado 3. Oh, so okay. she's, you know, in these kind of films. She has a sort of pedigree. Yeah. yeah when, was, when was this thing made? Uh, 2013 or 14, right. I forget which. Might be 15. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and she's, I mean, she's, I found her really quite irritating. But anyway, but she's like, she's the sort of like tough person. Anyway, Brandon Beamer turns up. And there's this scene where she's she's basically acting, hi, I'm at work. I'm working here on this thing. And she's like banging something with a hammer. And I don't know whether she thought that what she was banging wasn't in shot or something, but it's just something really hilarious because basically she's standing there with a hammer hitting a pole. She's just, there's this bit of metal just there. And she's obviously doing nothing, not in, you know, it's a horizontal pole. Yeah. She's just going bang, 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 bang. And it's just, yeah, it's really funny. Um, and the only other bit I liked was Jacqueline Fleming, who plays the... Um, the marine biologist. Mm. I really liked her. She was the one actress in it Who? or the one actor person in the whole thing that I thought had a bit of presence. Yeah. She was quite, she was quite cool. Um, although the script is just so bad, you know, you can't really blah, blah, blah. But, um, there's just this bit when you first meet her, where she's wandering around and she's, she's acting, um, relaxed and laid back. And she does this kind of do 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 in a kind of, that's supposed to be a happy go lucky. Yeah, kind sort of, of like uh, a nanny hall, like la di da kind of way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but it's something about it clashes with the music really badly. It just, I don't know. It just, it just, it's just the whole thing's like really lazily put together, and it's just, it's not fun. Apart from, I do recommend watching the first five minutes so you can see her banging the pole. So essentially, its worst crime is being meh. Yeah, yeah, it's bad and not in a fun way. Oh, I suppose in ways, Jonathan Lipnicki. What the kid from is the brother, um, uh, uh, Jerry Maguire. Yes, what? yes, the kid from Jamie McGuire. Yeah, so I should have mentioned him first. He's oh, the brother, yeah. and then he's got a proper and, star. And his character is slightly, yeah, yeah, and his character is slightly a, a, a you know, there's, there's, there's a trait with it. But I found him irritating too. But I don't think it was his fault. It was a perfectly good performance in a way. But just the script so bad, yeah. you know, a bad script make you know what come what's, what's does he bad? sort of just the look like a big version of that kid from Jamie McGuire, or does he look different? Yes, yes, kind of, kind of, yeah. He his acting isn't bad. His, but his character and the things that his character says are all quite annoying. Yeah. And he has the run in with this, like I say, this ludicrous bad guy who's just, 
who's not bad either, actually. I forget what the name of the actor is who plays him. But it's just, it's just not good. But um, Is this a recommend to watch, or is this a, actually, don't fucking bother? Or is it, oh, watch the first I, five minutes, see the chick banging the pole? I, I really would watch the first five minutes to see the, the lady banging the pole and see Brendan Beamer, or Brandon Beamer, but don't watch the rest. It's really not worth cool. it. Cool. All right, nice. Yeah. All right, yeah. so you took Beast of the Bering Sea um, in our kind of monster-themed triple bill. I got Snakehead Swamp, which is about as good as the name suggests. Um, (laughs) Essentially, um, like, you know from the opening sequence, it's utter dog shit. Because it's sort of this, um, it's like, it's like, it's sort of voodoo-y. Right. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. It's a bit like the opening sequence from Angel Heart. Without the skill of Alan Parker, oh, oh it wow. kind of but right, yeah. with the credits nicked from Seven, but but using oh, a yeah, Wild yeah. West font, and oh. done by someone with no sense of timing or sort of how to make things opaque or whatever. So they kind of like the credits come up in over this sort of voodoo-y thing in black and whitey scratchy <laughs> with a Wild West shitty font, and it sort of goes. And flicks at you, but it never quite goes <laughs> off or on enough. So it's a bit like it's like an irritating flickering light, but not irritating because it's flickering. Irritating because it isn't quite flickering, and it's just it's just fucking annoying. Oh, oh you're just talking. Is this just the opening credits? It's just the opening credits. Wow! And someone's whacked a whole bunch of film grain over the top, so there's that really cheesy, like oh. little poppy, cracky, binky. So and annoying. Yeah. So and and it just makes me want to stab it in the face. Um, <laughs> And that's sort of intercut with so this sort of this voodoo thing going on with this um, black dude, and then uh, then it's intercut with a truck driving along with sort of classic two shit acting Hicks <laughs> thing in the truck, um, and one of the essentially it's this truck transporting specimens somewhere. Right. Okay. Um, I, I, I hear plot coming. And the and the kid and the, and, and the younger one is talking about a girl he's going on a date with. Of course. Um, he is. And there's a noise in the back of the truck. Wow. And um, and then the kid goes back to check on the truck, and oh my god, something's broken loose. Smash bang! While a truck goes into the swamp. Cut to our little voodoo dude who just goes, it's started. <laughs> Wow. Then we get our first look at Fisher Vision. What's Fisher Vision? So Fisher Vision is kind of like, it's the eye of the fish. Oh, wow. Essentially, what someone's done is got a 2-litre bottle, cut the bottom off and taped it to the front of the camera. This is exactly what it looks like. Wow. It looks like you're looking down a long plastic tube. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, And then we go meet our hero called Chris, and he's at a wedding... And it never really gets explained, but he just looks really upset at the wedding. And I think it's because <laughs> it should have been his girl or something. But he's got these really fucking floppy curtains, and he just looks like someone's shat in his pocket all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's with this really hot chick who really likes him. And she's just like, oh, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Anyway, why don't you come and hang out with me and my boyfriend on the boat tomorrow? And it turns out that um, the boat is owned by this guy who's a dick, who's her boyfriend, and it's never really explained why they're together because he's such a massive bellend. Right. Um, oh, and the dude, um, <laughs> when he's at the wedding, he gets a text from his mum 
which basically says, why don't you call me? But it's like they've taken a phone and then made the shittiest sort of like computer-generated overlay at the top. So it's like big letters, (laughs) this massive screen which says, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) It just looks really dumb like a five-year-old with a crayon. And then we cut to like next day. We see his, uh, we see his mum, who's the ranger, and she is she's like the only famous person in it. She's called Terry Garber, right? And she was like in Dynasty or something, right? And I think she might have been quite sort of like marginally glamorous in Dynasty, but now she looks like she's sort of a chunky milfy with short hair. Chunky sort of, milfy with short hair. Yeah, ranger mum. That's she not a sentence talk- I want to hear again. No, <laughs> but she. Uh, <laughs> So we cut me to the cut to her. It's on the dock, dun dun dun, because her son's going to go on the boat. Is this like um, kind of like Louisiana? Bayou yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally in the bayou. Yeah, I think it might even be Louisiana. I should have mentioned that. No, like, no, yeah, no. this is all because yeah. So um, truck crashes in the swamp. But it's all sort of bayou land, yeah. and this is when we see our first totally stereotypical lunatics. Mm-hmm. So, um, so chunky milfy mum, not milfy, just chunky older mum person, short hair thing. Please stop. Okay, um, <laughs> she goes to she's she's gonna go. She's walking on the 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 the, um, the pier, and she meets these two like classic fucking TV movie hillbillies. They're both like speaking in half French, half English, like, <laughs> and all they do pretty much all of them at done like, <laughs> and they that's about it. And he just sort of chuckles, cackles in a slightly Cajun sort of way, yeah. um, and then she tells it tells him to go easy on those beers, ha ha ha. They're like. <laughs> And they sink another beer. It's all very exciting. Um, and then uh, she sees her son getting in the boat, and she's like, "You haven't spoken to me in three days." Blah 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 blah. And he's like, "Yeah, you and Dad are getting divorced." Blah 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 blah. Do you all... care about any of this while it's all going no, on? No, it's awful. Mm. They're terrible actors. She is fucking tragic, actually. Really? Um, um, floppy head dude. I mean, you know something shitty's going to happen because you've already seen Fisher Vision and <laughs> there's a bunch of girls in bikinis on a boat. So you think, right, well, there's bound to be some people dying. Mm. Um, there's a dude who's a dick and there's Mr. Floppy Hair. Um, and then some drunk Cajuns. And you know the drunk Cajuns are getting... They're a classic. Like, so much of this is ripped from Jaws. Yeah. They're like the two dudes who go out with a chunk of steak. Yeah. I mean, they're not going out to, to, specifically to catch the fish or anything. They're just going out, they're going out alligator hunting, but you know that they're going to get fucked. Yeah. Um, and then they have this shot ripped from, the only, the only decent shot in the whole movie is ripped from Apocalypse Now when the boat's going down the river and it's a real classic kind of like Apocalypse Now shot. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's cool. And then you've got like, you come back to the, the two Cajun dudes. One of them, he looks like a bad Christopher Lloyd and he just keeps, <laughs> he just keeps laughing in Cajun. Um... <laughs> And then his his mate falls in, and like the most obvious, like it's like they've got a rubber jaw and just chucked it into the water. So kind of dude falls in, cuts back to comedy laughing Christopher Lloyd Cajun, and then cut back to dude in the water with like he's holding the rubber jaws round his waist. He's obviously biting himself with a pair of rubber jaws not connected to a fish, while someone squirts fake blood into the water. That sounds like a really good thing to see. Yeah, it was. It was a brilliant <laughs> thing to see. It's so truly, truly awful. Um, I mean, you know, kids, blah, 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 mess around on the boat. All that classic kind of like uh, coming up to a jump scare thing. One of the uh, one of the girls is drifting on this big ring and you see something jumps out at her and you think, oh, she's going to die. Brilliant. But actually, no, it's just crazy Cajun Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's, that fall, guy. he's just fallen off his boat and he's scared of the fish and he's just like he's now he's half babbling in Cajun telling ah the big fish I'm gonna get you gonna get you <laughs> and the kids are just being as you know freaked out as kids normally are and then they get on the boat and Cajun dude's freaking out and then sort of alpha male who is the boy who's he's the dick who owns the boat he's the boyfriend of the girl who should be with the hero Right, yes. The guy with the floppy hair, his mum keeps calling him. Okay, Because yeah. um, he's sort of like, he tries to be all alpha male around the, the cage and Christopher Lloyd, and he accidentally pushes one of the girls into the water, and then there's sort of like big... <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And she gets eaten in water. Proper proper monster stuff starts happening. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, is, that yeah. the big, is that the first proper full-blown monster attack of the film? Well, apart from when the rubber jaws around the dude's oh, legs yeah, and yeah, eating course, him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, that's the, that's that, but we don't really care about them because they're drunk Cajuns. No, so we just not. care about this girl because she's in a bikini and she's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> it goes back to the mainland. We see our hero's dad, who's getting divorced from the mum, all because like the son died in the swamp. Other son died in the swamp a couple of years ago. Oh right. But he looks exactly like George McFly. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> and sort of behaves like George McFly. He's just a complete fucking total wow. loser, dude. Um, and that's great because then he is a teacher or something, and there's some state troopers turn up, and he's there at the ranger station. But he gives us a load of exposition, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, they found snakeheads in Maryland, and they wanted to sterilize them. But the serum they gave them made them more aggressive and smarter. What and before long, it's a kind of fish. I think it's an Asian fish, actually. And so it's like, so it might, it could be called piranha swamp or something. Yeah, yeah, but these things are a bit more, they're bigger. I don't know. Piranhas are essentially not very scary. Because that's just basic stupidity on my part. I did, I'd never heard of snakeheads. No, I don't think that's basic I, stupidity. To me, I, th- I thought that if you'd asked me what a snakehead was, I would have probably thought a, snake a severed head from a snake. Yeah, no, it's a kind of fish. I think they're like an Asian catfish or something. Right. Um, and I did right. check up on them after all this sort of pseudoscience got dropped. And it's sort of like some of it's kind of right. Apart from this bit where they said they've, they've given a serum to make them aggressive and larger and smarter. And before long, they became the perfect predator. <laughs> it sounds like the swarm with, with um, what's his name? Michael K. Yeah. Is when he's just constantly going, there's only one bee in the world that shows these aggressive <laughs> characteristics. The South African killer bee. But they're, they're not the perfect predator. They're a fish. Yeah. The perfect predator would be like <laughs> airborne, landborne, waterborne, or something. <laughs> yeah, good point. Sides, I think it's a fucking fish. <laughs> um, but then Mr. McFly kind of goes, Oh, no, it's okay. They can breathe in air because they've got a special sack in their brain. Oh, right. At which point they go, And nowhere's safe. Cut to park, children playing, yada, yada, yada. Oh, right. Yada, so yada. they are the perfect predator. No, they're not because they're still rubbish on land. <laughs> <laughs> Although they're quite fast in this bit. Um, and then it goes back to the Fisher vision, and it looks like someone's shooting down a two-litre bottle. And um, suddenly, like, this sort of terrible, terrible, terrible CGI fish sort of jumps out of the thing. And, all, and you just sort of see blurs of blood and people getting snatched by fish. Okay. Oh, and a really pro- bizarrely prominently placed Canon 5D. Oh, really? Sat there just sort of recording the whole thing. But then you never see the recording of it, so there's just not really that much point. And then uh, it comes back to the guys on the boat. Ian, the dickhead, is getting a lot more annoying. The fish start to attack the boat en masse. Oh, no. Um, And then he remembers he's got some dynamite. 
How big are the fish? The fish, they're, they're about, like, I guess they're growing all the time. Is the are they growing all the time? Are they growing exponentially? Yeah, but I think they're, they're about, at this point, they're about six foot, probably. Tell me about their brain capacity. Well... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to hear from now on. No, all right, so we go back. They get they figure out they've got dynamite, he was saying. Hmm. He's been dynamite fishing, so they've got some dynamite. But um the uh, crazy Cajun dude accidentally drops it in the do- in the boat. Idiot. But then nothing happens, and I've still not caught sure. I've seen it twice now. And the like the crazy <laughs> Cajun dude twice. drops it in the boat and then yeah. falls in the water and gets eaten. But the dynamite that he drops in the boat never goes off. It just sort of it becomes not a thing. <laughs> Maybe they ran out of money to kind of do a big explosion. Well, no, no, it's because they need the boat later. But uh, oh, right. they just—I think just because he got eaten, it nullified the <laughs> dynamite or something. And then it suddenly cuts to another guy who's been fishing, and he's caught one of these massive snakeheads, and he's got it for some for no apparent reason. He sort of bring, actually, it's a smaller one, and it starts to grow as soon as he drags it out of the water. But right. he drags it out of the water, and he sort of goes and he starts cackling, saying he's going to kill something. Um, and then he turns around to get his hatchet or whatever, and he turns back and the fish is gone, and he finds it in a fucking bucket. Right. So so the fish has escaped from the top yeah. of his boat, got down onto the ground, opened the lid of a bucket, <laughs> and got inside to wait for him. <laughs> Which is definitely fish-like behaviour. <laughs> And then, so he, and it's not like it, it's not like kind of it was a loose lid. He actually has to take the lid off the bucket. <laughs> so at some point, it's evolved a hand. Taking please the lid tell, off the bucket. please tell me the lid needs to be unscrewed. No, <laughs> yeah, it's got those pressure <laughs> things. You know, like in a submarine, it's got a twirly thing at the top. There's a, there's a code you have to put in. He, so he finds his fish in the bucket, and surprisingly, the um, the fish jumps out of the bucket and kills is it a him. jump scare? It's not really a jump scare. Because I was going to quickly just go back to there were a couple of sort of jump scares in the Beast of the Bering Sea, but yeah. they weren't. Re- you know, they didn't. They didn't count. They weren't on the scale. They didn't work. Yeah. They weren't because the timing's so off. I, d- I don't think it counts as a jump scare just because it's really obvious. Like the fish is just. Yeah. It's not obvious it had gone in the bucket because fish can't get into buckets. Yeah. Okay. But so just briefly, just to cut in with the Beast of the Bering Sea, the there's this jump scare. You know, in quotes where. They think they've killed one of the beasts by running it over with a great big thing, you know, a kind of truck, and then dumping a whole load of sand on it or something. Yeah. But you know that it's not going to be dead, and there's this really obvious jump scare with this guy who's not one of the main plots kind of comes and investigates the sand, the pile of sand, and then it, you know, beast jumps out it. But it's so telegraphed, it's it's meaningless. Yeah, like it's there's nothing. Like, like, oh, I'll just check in this bucket. Oh, look, there's yeah. a massive killer fish in it. Anyway, sorry to cut it. Go no, on. No, 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 it's all good. Um... I'm enjoying the, um, the the fish with bucket opening skills. <laughs> At which point, um, uh, oh yeah, uh, George McFly and the Ranger Mom have decided to go out and find the kids because they are you know they're a killer fish everywhere. Yeah, um, and they've left behind a, a state trooper and a deaf old lady who runs the police station, which is great. Yeah. Um, and they come across in their sort of on their way to find the kids. They come across this fisherman being eaten, and the fish is now like six feet long. Wow, that's a long fish. And it starts to roar like a warthog. Wow. Yeah. I imagine that's quite a toady sound, a giant toad. It's kind of more, sound, yeah, more it? sort of, yeah, sort of like, but, but yeah. more, more warthoggy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just stick with it sounds like Think a about it's quite phlegmy. Okay. And quite phlegmy and growly as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, I got being the phlegminess, yeah. dude, from your impression. <laughs> Carry on. Um, and then. 
uh, the, the kids get off the boat, they see a house in the distance, there's a fish starts chasing them. <laughs> fish um, starts chasing them. And they fire a flare gun at the fish, which does absolutely nothing. But surprisingly, they're a lot faster than a fish. So they get into this house and they barricade the house up. um, And it turns out it's owned by the the fish. No, (laughs) it's on a timeshare. He's learned how to sign deeds. It's on a timeshare. (laughs) Um, But they, uh, the flare gun is pretty useless. They barricade the fish up. And then they split up to search for weapons. Of course they do. Um, and then we come back to the the, the ranger mum, who's like, I hate this swamp. Um, <laughs> and they um, they find the, the boat with no kids in it, and they talk about their dead son. Very exciting. And uh, the dad's got the great line. He says, Bruce died two years ago. And since then, I've thought a lot about how I might die. <laughs> Not once did I consider killer fish. <laughs> and it's the only time, it's one of the few times, like, it does that, like, Sharknado thing. Because most of the time, it's, um, it's taking itself quite seriously. And then yeah. you, they kind of throw in a line like that, and you think, oh, you sort of know how bad this is. Yeah. But this is the thing. Okay, just briefly, I don't know if you're going to go into this, but do you know the name of your director of your film? It is some dude called Lafontaine or Lafayette or some... It's Don E. Fortnoy. Fortnoy, that's it, yes. He directed mine as well. Oh, really? Yes. That is hilarious. I did not know that when we chose these movies. That's, no, rather, that's rather comedic. I know. Well... So this, this guy, I think he's a cinematographer. I haven't done too much research on him yeah. because I didn't, you know, because... I didn't, you know, I just looked him up on IMDb. Yeah. He's a cinematographer by, you know, that's, that's his experience. But yeah, he's done a few sort of these B movies, but that's the thing. It sounds to me like he was on much more, well, the script and everything was much more sort of tongue in cheek and fun in Snakehead Swamp. Yeah, but a lot of it's not, I mean, this is made, this is a made for TV thing. This is like made for the sci-fi channel. And I think they're having some fun with it, but not all the time. And like a lot of it is still played quite straight. Yeah. Um, Apart from, say, so then it gets a bit, it ramps it up a bit more. Um, uh, the the guy, the dick boyfriend. Yeah, we yeah, find yeah. out basically. I hate. Yeah, him. he's a knob, and we find out halfway through that he's sort of cheating on Ashley, who's the girl who sort of should be with our hero, with Scumbag. with the other girl who's on the boat. And then oh, when they're lo- on the boat as well. When no, they didn't do it on the boat. They may have done it on the boat. Um, when they're looking for weapons. Know he basically sacrifices her because he's sort of like, here's a, f-. they go into the garage to look and then the fish are coming and he just goes, um, and sort of kicks her down and then runs for the door. Um, wow, that is love. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. Um, anyway, the, the, uh, our voodoo guy explains to them all it's the Black Briar curse from this old lady. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> um, he sort of comes back again for some reason and sort of explains it all again. You're like, <laughs> it's like you just told us that five minutes ago. <laughs> but for some, reason, it's always nice to have it confirmed. Oh, that is good. Um, and then, uh, while when they're in the house, that like, no one knows that there's Ian Dick has like sacrificed the other girl, um, and they get all a bit excited. And then he starts just to dynamite the house to try and kill the fish, even though they're all in it. So he goes fuck this and dynamites the house, and then runs off. At which yeah. point, loads of the house falls on the mum. Um, right, okay. and this and the girl drags the the hero out, and he's sort of like going no, 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 but she drags him like six feet, 
from like right. just by the door to just outside the door. And then in the time it's taken us to drag him six feet, his dad's taken the door, the, the fallen down bit of masonry off his mum. So she's fine anyway. It's like this whole sort of like, leave your mum and save yourself bit. But actually, it took about two seconds to sort out and it did, they didn't go very far away from each other. And it's not like it's not like he ran across hills and dales, just going. I don't know if my mom's going to be okay. He, I always he remember that, out yeah, of the I mean, door. that reminds me of that bit in like um, Last of the Mohicans. Do you remember the Last of the Mohicans yeah. trailer? It was always like they slowed up loads of him going, "Stay alive, I will find you." If you actually watch the film, yeah. he says that, and then about five yes. minutes later, there you are, they're together. <laughs> that found you, and that's sort of like that. Like she just drags him just out the doorway, and his mom gets saved just inside the doorway. Um, <laughs> and then the house is sort of falling down, so they run away. Um, and they're just about to get killed when, and this is another like sort of slightly Sharknado-y nod, when the state trooper, mm. or they, they, they sort of like, they raise their guns to shoot a fish and suddenly like they hear this machine gun fire and it's the deaf old lady from the station house and she's like 900 years old oh, um, nice. with the state trooper. Um, and that's awful. Um, yeah. And then uh, someone mentions that the, the fish are continuing to evolve. Um, and then, oh, then they split up. And um, the mum goes off to find this voodoo grave because that's how you end right. the curse. Oh, okay. And her son goes off to get the boat and then his dad goes with him and the girl goes with the mum. And then they sort of, they, they find Ian, the dickhead, who's like stolen the boat. So the hero <laughs> jumps onto it and has this really tedious fight with him that inevitably ends up with Ian getting knocked overboard and eaten by fish. So that's really particularly dull. Um, <laughs> oh, and then <laughs> there's some stock footage of, of fighter jets in the sky above Oh, them. I do like the stock footage. Yeah. Good. Um, and the National Guard call the phone on the ranger's boat, and they're going to go, hello, is a ranger there? And they're like, no, it's our son. And they went, okay, well, we're going to bond place. Bye. Um, and... Uh, oh, the state trooper comes up with, there was something worse on that truck than just these snakeheads. <laughs> cut to the cut to the truck and like there's a big thing saying specimen zero. And really, really, really soon after you see specimen zero. And the thing that is worse on the truck than just these snakeheads is yeah. a slightly bigger snakehead. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it that. It comes out of the water. Wow. And considering how big the other ones have got, you kinda of go, Yeah. That that's a bit bigger than the others. <laughs> That one's obviously been around yeah, a bit it's longer. Not, it's not it's probably specimen zero, that one. It's not appreciably bigger, yeah. but you know, I'd, I'd, I'd least like to fight that one. Yeah, it's probably moved on from buckets to sort of like barrels and, and bins. Yeah, exactly. And That's, like no, that. it's, it's hiding in outhouses, sheds. It's built <laughs> itself a small condo. Wow. Um, and then it, uh, it grabs the girl's leg. But unlike all the other snakeheads, when they grab someone, they sort of go and just eat him really quickly and smash him. But obviously, specimen zero, the massive one, because it's grabbed one of our heroes, um, just sort of holds her leg a bit until it gets smacked in the head by the mum, and then <laughs> and it lets go. And they and they get they get to safety oh. in the truck, and they look at her leg, and there's kind of a couple of scratches on it. Um, oh. And then they find out that there's going to be. Oh yeah, it's the other moment of what they, what this thing can't, what this whole movie can't do is is geography and tension. And not, you know, you never come out of a movie going, the geography was awesome and so was the tension. <laughs> but at the same time, it's full of stuff that doesn't make any sense like that. So they come out of this um, this van thing, and they, or they're, on the, they're on the radio in the van sort of going, 
oh, just save yourself, son. You know, we'll be, we'll just have to get blown to bits by bombs, but you make sure you're clear. And he's like, don't you worry, I'm coming for you. And like a second after he goes, I'm coming for you, he's there. He's there. He goes, get down. And he just shoots the fish a bit. Anyway, picks them all up in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the boat and zooms off. At which point they've obviously attached a massive model to the back of the speedboat. Because there's just this thing. It's like a classic shit rubber fish just following them behind them in the water. Just, so it's like, it's still there. Yes, because it's attached to the back of the boat. <laughs> yeah, it will stay yeah. there until you, until you cut the wire. And, um, and the big plan, though, is not to kill it. The big plan is to drive it somewhere. And they eventually ending up, end up driving it to its final sort of death place, which is the old lady with a machine gun. Right. Uh, well, or yeah, yes, and so the old lady in the trooper uh, and, and the and the and the trooper sort of fire at the thing, but that doesn't really hurt it because it's specimen zero. Yeah, but massive. where they've got to is they've got to the voodoo man's house that Ian blew up with the dynamite, but it's fine now. So what? yeah, they went they went really? back to the house and the fish is running up this boardwalk behind them. And then they find yeah. that the the flare gun. <laughs> this fish is running. Up it's awesome. And they find the flare gun that they jo- dropped. And he's like, ah, yeah. oh yeah. When they were in the house before, they were going to like make Molotov cocktails, or whatever. And then so okay. the girl whose legs been eaten by a fish runs off to the house, which is now not destroyed, and gets a kerosene lamp and throws it on the fish, and they flare gun it, and it sort of does it. It's a whole like Jaws, Jaws two thing, you know. It's like its mouth yeah. is open. They chuck the thing in. Boom, flare gun. But it, fish dies. Yeah. Terrible fucking Smart, CGI so. shot of this burning carcass. Um, yeah. And then... Is it CGI rather than a bad Yeah, model? yeah. It's, I mean, nearly all the fish are CG, apart from the one that they drag behind the boat and the big rubber jaws right, that okay. the, the cage man eats himself with at the beginning. Um, and there's like all the way through this. I keep... Oh, I because this is sci- <laughs> sci-fi, there are ad breaks all the way through this. It's like a little, like, fade to black and back up from black again. Uh, you see, I, now that's a good point. I should watch The Beast of Bering Sea because Bering Sea was a sci-fi channel, you know, TV yeah. movie as well. Um, and yeah, so I didn't notice that. But yeah, I bet they would have been the same same, same yeah. sheet going down. As they so, but yeah. anyway, um, all the way through, every time you see this, every time you see a fish, there's more of this terrible fish vision. But um, then <laughs> mum and dad get back together and Chris and Ashley get together. Mm. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Final shot, inevitably, fish vision thing no suggestion of maybe snakehead swamp too right. right yeah essentially it's terrible it has some mm-hmm. quite funny moments but it's not it's not so i mean I, there are worse ways to spend an afternoon but yeah. essentially it's awful it, it's not awful mm-hmm. in that sort of like brilliantly like oh god you gotta see it. it's so awful it's bad way like i would say you don't have to see this you really don't if it's on and you have absolutely nothing better, if it is this or a marathon of EastEnders, watch Snakehead Swamp because at least you won't want to kill yourself. But it's just really, yeah. it's not, it's, it, that's the thing, it's not so bad, it's good. It's, it, it, I haven't, like, it's not the worst hour and a half I've ever spent my life on and it's not yeah. the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's so, it's just not, it's not bad enough to make me go, it's so bad you've got to see this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's exactly the same as The Beast of the Bering Sea. And similarly, it sounds like... I mean, I do think yours sounds more fun mm. than mine, but it could be just you're better at describing it than me, so you're more fun than me. <laughs> but um, the, the Beast of the Bering Sea it just had no sort of tension, and the timing was just so bad. It, you know, it just wasn't... It's just not fun. 
And I sort of enjoyed the silliness of it in a way. Yeah. But I wouldn't recommend it, you know, apart from that bit where she hits the pole. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, there is a tiny bit of Snakehead Swallow that's fun. It, like, it, the, the, the terrible CGI is fun. Like, yeah. like you kind of said, I think if you watch the first 15 minutes, you see some shitty Fisher Vision, but it's just like, really, why would you? I like the sound of that, and I like the sound of the, the bit with the guy with the rubber the rubber mouth. Yes, it's worth, okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's worth it to watch a dude eating himself with rubber jaws that he's holding. Yeah, that sounds fun. And I'd in like the same way, maybe I'll go after this. I'll go and watch the pole. You go and watch the rubber jaws, <laughs> and we could like do the thing that these two films are meant for. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, yeah. So that leads us into the film we both watched. Yes, late phases. Yes. Well, the thing is, it's not called Late Phases, is it? So I keep going on about well, titles. Well, it is and it isn't. But like, it is and it isn't. But no, but the thing is, it is. Late Phases is its title. But on Netflix, they call it... Is it Cycle of the yeah, Wolf? Yeah, no, I don't Late know what phases? it was released on or where it was released. Or if it did that, one of those things where it was, like, it was released in one cinema to say it's had a you know, a theatrical release or whatever. But yeah, it was initially called Late Phases and now it's... No, but I think it just basically... Is, I get the impression it basically is known as Late Phases. Yeah. And it's known all over the world as Late Phases. But just in Netflix well, land, it seems to have been slightly rebranded as Cycle of the Wall Late Phases. And I wonder if it's just because Late Phases... And the best one in the world isn't a particularly good title, is it? No, it's not. Although having when you see the movie, I can see why it was called Late Phases. Oh yeah, definitely. It works in, within the story. But do you know what I mean? I think they've just put Cycle of the Wolf Late Phases because they want people to know it's a wolf film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So they, so they definitely know they'll, they'll get in the, the the wolf crowd kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. That, that famous werewolf crowd. Yeah. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Netflix because late phases, courting the werewolf Late folks. phases, I know it would be found in the horror you know section of Netflix, but it doesn't sound yeah. like a horror film, does it? So No, no, no. It sounds... But, I mean, if it sounds you, like, I, a, I watched a, like a, a menopausal film or something. Say, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, and I didn't. I mean, I don't mind it as a title, but it's just—it's not a. It doesn't make you want to watch the film on its own. I it doesn't. Think. It doesn't set the world on fire. No, 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 no. Anyway, you, 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 so what did you think of it? I, I think overall, like I, 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 I think I was more let down by this than I was by Steakhead Swamp. Really? Okay. In a weird way, um, just because it's kind of it's got it's got a bit of pedigree in it. Like, uh, the, you know, it, it's one of those, like, classic, like, oh, here's a Spanish horror director, so we'll, you know, we, we'll hope he can be Guillermo del Toro or whatever. Yeah. Um, What's his name? And Adrian Garcia Bogliano. Don't know how you yeah. pronounce that, but that's his name, isn't it? Raised yeah. in, born in Spain, raised in Argentina, moved to Mexico. Yeah. Um, and you've got, like, uh, there's people you've heard of and everything in it. Mm. Um, and it's sort of, it's got these pretensions to be decent and it's got like, but it's got a, the most annoying kind of trope. It's not the most annoying trope, but it's got the annoying trope of like, oh, hero's blind. And it's like, oh, you're sort of doing blind fury with werewolves, but no fun. Yeah. 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 Um, and it sort of wants to be kind of Gran Torino a bit. I was going to say it definitely has elements of Gran Torino. Before we go on. Yeah. Basically it's a, um, it's about a, a a war veteran, a retired old man war veteran who goes, who moves into a a place for for old people to go and die, kind of a retirement home place, kind of community. Yeah, and which I don't first, think he really wants to go in, does he? It's like a no, no. And and his first night there, so he's blind, having lost it. Do, did he lose his sight in Vietnam? Is that what we? I find think out? I think it, as, yeah, he's a veteran who lost his sight. Yeah, being a but anyway, he he goes there, and in the very first night, he meets this quite sweet neighbour. And in the very first night he's there, 
he hears her being attacked by a sort of werewolfy thing, <clears throat> and then he finds out there have been more disappearances. It's all blamed on just animal attack or something. Bizarre. He's also a bit of a grumpy ass as well. When he oh yeah, yeah. Up. So he's a total grump. So he is think Gran Torino because yeah. he is like that character. And um, without going into too much more detail, that's essentially the setup that he's got a month because he he starts to think. Well, he figures out. I can't remember exactly how he comes to this conclusion originally, but he figures out it's werewolves. So he knows that the attacks are going to start again in a month's time, and so he's got a month to try and sort things out kind of thing yeah that's essentially it and like he looks among the community for who might be the werewolf yeah and he, and he, and he doesn't know there's a thing about that because the the werewolf that he heard seemed to have a sort of cough <laughs> so, yeah or something or some kind of heavy breathing so he particularly like suspects like oh, and um, did, did you mention his dog got eaten Yo, yeah, his yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah his dog so he's got a German shepherd who's his seeing seeing eye dog or guide dog, as we would call it, but almost immediately gets killed by a werewolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he refuses to bury it, which is just yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, you see, this is okay. So you've almost immediately touched on one of my problems with this: is that he, this sort of like grizzled old war veteran, goes from kind of like my neighbor got my neighbor got attacked my dog got attacked to werewolf in like fucking two moves. It's not yeah. like, it, it, it's not the kind of guy you expect to go, Oh yeah, no, it's probably werewolves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Uh, yeah. Attack <laughs> home. I mean, it might have been the full moon. Not sure. Cause I'm blind, but yeah, no, probably werewolves. <laughs> in the, in these kind of cases, I normally find it's werewolves yeah, related. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I my think, last house it was vampires but this one this seems more like werewolf yeah, vampires you know you, it's normally the uh... yeah different different. you get a different smell um, yeah so it's probably, probably common to garden werewolf yeah at no point is there kind of like any oh it's a marauding attacker it's just straight into the, the oh werewolves and the, the mm. whole thing's shot very much like trying to be a euro it's got that sort of like washed out euro horror vibe I guess yeah um, and you put Tom Noonan in it because Tom Noonan's creepy and you know he was Francis Dollarhide and he's I never going to not though. be. I like him, but at the same time, it was always never going to be Tom Noonan. Who's Francis Dollarhide? Oh, the, um, in um, Manhunter. Oh, Tooth Fairy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I knew he was Tooth Fairy. I'd forgotten that he was Francis Dollarhide. Yeah. Um, so is that his character name in Manhunter? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, cool. That's his, yeah, that's, that's, that's what he is. But, um, he was taken by what's-his-name-finds in the, in the remake. Yes. God, the remake's bad. Yeah, but... Yeah. I really like Man. Do you like Manhunter? I love Manhunter. Yeah, I, I watched it again not that long See, ago. I watched the remake not that long ago, but I didn't finish it. Um, yeah, it's dreadful. It's just terrible. Well, no, it's not that dreadful. It's not that terrible, it's just, it's just not Man, yeah. Manhunter. It's just not, it's just not good, yeah. and it's got a lot of Harvey Keitel saying plot. Anyway, but, but there's, I mean, there's two, yeah, there's two, there's, okay, I think it's massively full of holes. I think it takes itself way too seriously. The dude, yeah, our, our, our hardened war veteran immediately goes to werewolf. Mm. Um, it makes the mistake of showing the wolf really early on, and it is a That's terrible the, okay. werewolf. I'm going to cut in a bit here and say, I liked it much more than you did. Um, I think partly because... Going back to the title, I just thought Cycle of the Wolf Late Phases just doesn't sound like anything I'm ever going to want to watch. Yeah. But after The Beast of the Bering Sea, anyway, those two things combined, I did quite like it. But 
I did not like the monsters at all. It was I, I don't, and they and I didn't like that they were shown straight away. No, but like, and, yeah, and it so, looks anyway, like a guy on. in a fancy dress werewolf suit. It really honestly yeah, does. Yeah, but that, that's the whole thing about things like that, though. It's so interesting because, like, I know I love this film more than you do, but like in Dog Soldiers, it's just blokes in like silly like dog heads. Yes, but I love that film, and it doesn't bother me because the film is so so awesome. But in this, I was let down but by the monsters, and they just showed them so quickly. Yeah, it's yeah. so early on, and suddenly you see a guy essentially looking like he's wearing a sort of a Walt Disney goofy costume, yeah, but, a, yeah. but but a werewolf version. And then the the one like you know, I was going to give him. I mean, I really I wasn't, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? If you can do a transformation. I think I just pronounced that weirdly. If you can do a transformation, if you can do anything close, like Rick Baker did this in the 80s in American Wealth in London. Mm. It is Rick Baker, isn't it? Or is it Stan Winston? Come I think on. it's Rick Baker. And like, if you can, it, it's, it, 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 it's obviously really hard to pull off, but someone's mm. already set a template for it. Yeah. And they just, it was horrific. The transformation was awful. The only good bit is when he pulls his face off, and that was quite cool. Do you mean that final transformation? Because it's quite yeah. towards the end, yeah, you actually see a transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. see the world. Yeah, no, I agree, that was pants. But the transformation, I was waiting for a transformation, and when it came, I was like, oh. Yeah. No, I know exactly oh. what you mean. I think the thing is, okay, so just to sort of cut in a little bit, is that basically, while I hated all the monsters, mm. all the monster stuff, all the werewolfy stuff, yeah. and while the plot definitely had holes, I did quite like the main guy. I did quite like the writing of quite a lot of the peripheral characters. Like, you know, the, you know, right at the beginning when he moves yeah. in and he meets his neighbor, I thought that was, there was something quite sweet about her and straight away she gets off. But I thought, you know, that was an example in beast of the Bering sea. None of the characters are written in any way, like an actual human being would be, but it felt in this, some of the characters felt like they sort of existed. Oh, no, I, I'll give you that. Yeah. The writing is way better on this. The mm. writing is way better. I just think the execution of it is just kind of like, I don't know if it's is it's a bit too. Um, I don't know if it's a bit. I'm not ambitious, but if it's, I think I think it's a bit up itself. I think it takes itself a bit too seriously for what it actually is doing, and what it's doing is a slightly crappy werewolf movie, yeah. um, with a sort of gimmicky, um, Gran Torinoy blindy PTSD kind of main character I didn't mind who believes blind. in werewolves. I didn't mind him being I just, blind. Th- th- there I, are I times thought, I just and kept... I thought he did do it really well. I thought the actor did doing being blind quite well. Uh, yeah, and I would give him props. There are points though where I'm kind of <laughs> in the hood. There are points when like his blindness though, they just sort of forgot about it. And I, it's really mm. annoying I didn't make a note of one. And there's a couple of times watching the movie, I was like, but you wouldn't be able to do that if you were blind. Mm. You wouldn't be able to find the gun shop very easily. Because like, so yeah, so just you know part of his solution during this month is he goes and he gets some silver weaponry made. Yeah, he gets silver bullets and he gets silver shell cases for shotguns or something. He get, yeah, but he gets one. <laughs> yeah, does he? I forgot. For the that. shotgun, he goes, yeah, I'll just have one. Yeah, no, it's fine. That's pretty, that's pretty all right. It's just werewolves, but I know where they are because I'm blind. And uh, I'll, probably just need, I'll probably just need one of them. <laughs> Don't make 50. <laughs> Don't give me a gun full of ammo. I'll just have one, thanks. You know, a bit more special if it's one, isn't it? <laughs> what? Yeah. So, and and also, apart from the fact that any marginally geeky person knows that you can't do that because ballistically silver doesn't really work as a bullet. Like shotgun pellets, yes, but bullet, no. But 
The, the, yeah, I think it'd be all right in like if you. I don't care about. I'm I'm not geeky enough to know about ballistics. You I've only done... ballistic knowing geek. <laughs> no, I've just looked. But at the that. point is, if you hold a silver bulleted gun to the to the head of a werewolf, yeah, I'm thinking, sure. But this might come in handy. Just, in but fight. the last thing I want to do is get close enough to a werewolf to hold a gun to its head. I want to fucking shoot it from miles away. <laughs> Ideally, a sniper what's rifle. Your, what's your option? If if only silver's going to work, I'll get a silver knife. Stabby! Wow, I hadn't thought that. Yeah. Silver arrow as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. I'd get. I agree. I'd get a silver knife. Yeah, or sword. I still don't Massive see any harm in having machete. a silver gun. Way more satisfying. <laughs> but I am um, so expensive, though, dude. Ah, now that's the problem. More silver in a machete. That's true. <laughs> but I mean, what <laughs> price of silver nowadays? What price your salvation? <laughs> Which leads into another bit. So, like, this whole thing is like his whole the whole weird werewolf stuff is all around this church group and you're not sure whether mm. the priest mm. is a werewolf or the parishioner is a werewolf. And well, that's obviously the bit, isn't it? They're trying to hint that it, because as well they've cast a really well-known, slightly creepy actor in Tom Noonan, yeah. they want you to think blah blah and it turns out blah blah I don't want to give too much away in a way because the thing is, I, the difference is like I definitely would like this like this film and unlike Beast of Bering Sea, I would say this is a film that someone should watch. Yeah, I just wouldn't. Um, mm. I found it more annoying. I just found it like, I, I just think it... Yeah, I just found it to take itself that much more seriously that I was like, I was more offended by this than the choddy snakehead swamp, I guess. I don't know, but the thing and, is, and like, like, okay, 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 just briefly, so just briefly, okay, um, just to, before you go on, it's just that, like, I do think, because, again, going back to the script, just, like, the script did have, like, elements of humour in it. I mean, I'm not saying it made me laugh particularly, but, like, for example, the really surly, useless guy who's sort of, like, the gatekeeper dude, you know, who, who's really unhelpful and moody. Yes. The point is that that alone, just his character, was more funny than everything in the Beast of the Bering Sea. Fair enough. To keep going, I can't. I know I can't. You know, justify my love of a film just on them being compared to Beast of the Bering I, Sea. But I'm gonna. I really liked a Gatekeeper, and it was better than the other <laughs> shit movie I watched. <laughs> yeah. there's a. I've got a note here that says, "Why was there a naked old person?" I think maybe she got transformed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have but to watch the guy. Like, what? I've got a note here saying, "Don't you think German shepherds are a bizarrely dated dog?" <laughs> <laughs> There's something quite seventies about German shepherds. So something like your golden retriever point. is timeless. Although I'd say actually they feel a bit eighties to me now. Oh well, I think um, what's the what's the big scary dog in Omen? Uh, oh, Doberman. Is it a Doberman? Yeah, Doberman type things. I think they're quite 80s. Yeah. Although I know the Omen was 70s, but I think I think of Doberman as quite yeah, 80s. Still, but anyway. Was it a Rottweiler? But anyway, no, German Shepherd, very 70s. They've got a very 70s yeah, look. Yeah, I kind of like that. It's retro. Yeah. Um, I guess like there were just there's all these holes. Like the, the gun shop owner was like, yeah, no, some bloke did come through about a month ago wanting some silver bullets as well. And like, if 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 our old PTSD dude is going to go, yes, werewolves, gun shop owner being asked to make silver bullets might also put two and two together and go, <laughs> loads of dead people there once a month. And people keep asking for silver bullets. Nah, probably just coincidence. Fine. Um, I think this is the old thing that like, you know that with films that like generally, if you, if you, if you, if you forgive a film of its sins. Mm. You if you can like sometimes it, go yes. along with the, if you if you go along on the ride and you don't worry about little things like that. And I think by the sound of it, I was definitely quite You're happy to in. be taken yeah, along yeah, the yeah. ride because I was. Although I say again, I totally with you about the monsters. I thought the monsters were really quite bad. By the way, because um, I looked up who did the visual effects or at least had a hand in them, and it's uh, someone Robert Kurtzman. That's it. And he, yeah, who did bloody Army of Darkness? Oh my god. I haven't looked into it enough to know exactly whether he did the whole thing 
or whether you know just special what, advice which elements yeah. he was in charge of but he was involved so blame him i will but coming to th- come to think of it i do think that the sort of quite drawn at the snouty look of the annoying werewolves yeah. did remind me of like the annoying flying beast in in um army of darkness yeah, yeah, the annoying yeah. flying flying goons that flap about all the time in yeah. the, the battle sequence in Army of Darkness reminded me of that. Anyway, I don't know. I didn't like the effects. I said yeah, I think, I think you know, I just felt overall, I got a little note I made, I felt overall that it was basically, I just think the story was a bit pants. I think the production mm. values were decent, apart from Tom Newton's death, which looks really TV. Mm. Um, but essentially, yeah, I just thought the story just wasn't quite there. It was kind of like, I've got an idea. It's old mm. people. It's called late mm. phases because, like, it's a retirement home and it's an old dude who's going to be the hero. Mm. But then there was just like, and it's some werewolves. And at the end, I got really. You talk about getting confused in action movies. At the end, I got really confused because I didn't know how many werewolves they were and why they weren't dying. Because it's like when I got confused. Because suddenly the there end, was like there were three werewolves. I'm like, I can deal with three werewolves. That's cool. That's the neighbor and that's so and so and so and so. Fine. Like those guys are werewolves. And then he dispatches them, and then some other werewolves come back who, yeah. who sort of like. I, the, I think I just thought, oh, maybe that he didn't quite kill them or something. Yeah, but you're right. I kind of slightly lost that it. Was bit, that was. I, I, I must admit, although I kind of just enjoyed it again, going going on along for the ride kind of way. I did get quite fed up with the sort of whole weird not burying. Yeah, the well, dog that's my thing. thing. Why didn't he bury his just dog? Bury the dog. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> a, why he didn't bury his dog, and B, why the other guy kept. Kept like a a, a a a box full of dead dogs in his garden as well. <laughs> it's not as if werewolves are renowned for going. Oh, I do eat humans, but I'd love a dead dog, especially a three week old dead dog. That'd be brilliant. I mean, maybe it's a werewolf delicacy, a well hung, aged dead dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a pheasant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, mind the pieces of shot in my yeah. dead dog. Um, <laughs> How's your dead dog? Little Kami, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. I'm kind of. I'm quite pleased that we've had a a, um, a difference of opinion yeah. on this one because I I was expecting you to fully sort of like agree with me. No, um, I it's a bit and quite really quite like it. But yeah, so that's good. Yeah. This is good news. This is good. So essentially, we've got two movies that we both recommend watching for ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and then another movie that we sort of. A heart, well, one of you, one of us recommends, and the other one doesn't, which sort of you know gives people a chance to, you know, make their own minds up, and also yeah. choose a bit like divorced parents between us, <laughs> which one they think is more fun. Well, I'm going to just say one more thing in 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 defence of late phases because I think all the things you said have, have all got valid points. Definitely, I, I take them on board, yeah, um, without necessarily sort of being in the same in the same boat or whatever. Um, but I think sure. if you think of late phases as a B movie and you think of the beast of Bering sea as a B movie, yeah, late phases is just, it is a better B movie. And yeah, maybe it's got pretensions beyond it's whatever, you know, but I think fundamentally it's, I think it's got characters it that you kind a story of line. vaguely cared about. There were bits that I found quite touching. There were snatches of script that I really thought that's a good snatch of script. I am. Um, I think I, I, <laughs> I would struggle to apply the word touching to anything in this movie. I, no, I did. Like I say, there, I thought there was something really sweet about that Dolores next door neighbour. I thought that was just a really nice bit when they met. And I quite liked yeah. it. I didn't like it at first, but by the end of it, I quite liked the sort of relationship between him and, you know, the troubled relationship between him and his son. I thought that was all quite yeah. well done. 
I definitely sort of like you in know, the Grand Torino kind of way. But I think, you know, the thing, the great thing about American Wealth in London, the reason I can't watch American Wealth in London is because in the first 10 minutes, you meet those two guys and they're so, they're so lovely. They're really beautifully yeah. observed, like ordinary dudes who really like the way they're kind of like talking about, you know, there's just chicks as they're walking along and, and just, and then, you know, all the badness happens and it's like, you know, you really care about them because there's so many horror films, the characters are just, you don't give a monkeys. So you just watch them get dispatched and you don't care. And I felt like in this, there were a couple of characters that I kind of, I was kind of, I cared about them kind of thing. But I'm not comparing, I'm not saying it's it's as good as American Wealth in London for a second. It's not. I just think that, yes, yes, there's characters in it. They're well written, potentially sort of slightly fleshed out apart from the ones that are quite (laughs) caricature. But there isn't really a plot. There's like old man moves to a place, discovers there are werewolves, works out he wants to kill them. I know, but I, I suppose that's what the thing is that I quite that's I quite enjoyed seeing the old bloke, bloke being mo- moody and just being in this community and got fed up with the the blasted stupid werewolf plot. I think I would have enjoyed a film with just him. <laughs> so in. I just really, I think I just really liked him. Yeah, uh, so essentially, we haven't we haven't even mentioned the actor's name, have we? Nick no. De, Nick Demichi is that how you say it? He looks a bit like a Charles Bronson. Yes, he does, doesn't he? And apparently, I've not seen it, but apparently he's from Stakeland. <laughs> he comes oh, Stakeland. from Stakeland. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, Stakeland's really, really good. Like, really, really, really Okay, good. and as well, I, I listened to the interview with the director on... Because this, this mm. film was shown on Fright Fest, uh, I think, 2014. And there okay. was this interview with him, and he seemed like quite an interesting kind of guy. But anyway, but he, he, just, he just said that, um, that he, he was brought in to do the film... Yeah. It was the first time he'd worked with a fully English script. It was the first time he'd worked on something that wasn't his own. And this yeah. guy had already been cast as the blind vet, you know, vet, and he wasn't sure about it yeah. because he's quite a young actor. But then the moment he kind of sort of got involved, he was just really impressed with the actor and his work and stuff. But anyway, I just thought I'd mention all that because I thought that was all interesting that stuff. Now it just makes you want to watch Stateland again, although also not because it's quite depressing, it? but brilliant. But... um yeah, so essentially, I've watched this movie. This movie now makes me want to go and watch <laughs> Gran Torino, Stakeland, and the American World in London, and I'll be happy. Yeah, well, those are, well, that's a good thing, because The Beast of Bering Sea just made me never want to watch anything ever again. <laughs> this made you want to watch three good films. That is awesome. And as well, I enjoyed Tom Noonan so much in it. It made me want to, you know, watch, watch what man Hunter as well. and House of the that's Devil. Four... Awesome. Have you seen, House, seen of House of the Devil? No. Oh, he's re- he, Tom Noonan's in that as a creepy guy. And I don't know, Correct. I mean, you definitely get it in Manhunter, but you know, he is just his, his stature, you know, that sort of. Yeah, he's loomy. He's so loomy. And in, he might be called Tom Noonan. In House of the Devil, he is so looming. Awesome. All right, then, dude. Well, I think that's a pretty solid, uh, confused recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Good news. So, are we wrapping this up? Yeah, I think this is a, this is a wrap up. This is a, okay. you know, two movies to watch for ten minutes. One movie to watch if you are like me, yeah, like Jono, and think that sounds like it's your <laughs> cup of tea. And one movie to never watch again if you're me. Awesome. Next time we'll have three more things to talk about. Yeah, romantic comedies. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>